0: Hi everyone, this is Cynthia. Welcome to Quillopod. Pod. I am the Director of Digital Community at Quillow. This week's episode is on high expectations, its relationship to patients, positive mindset, the power of the word yet, with our special guest and colleague, Sue Gordon. Stay tuned for another wonderful episode.
1: You know, one of the key issues we've learned in research is the importance of high expectations. Folks at Vanderbilt University have done some great work in looking at the correlation between families and individuals with disabilities having high expectations for building a good life and then what they achieve. So today we want to explore a little bit about this idea of. Setting high expectations, and how do we get to that point where we have those high expectations? And you know, Sue and Cynthia, I'd really just like to ask you when was the first moment you remember your parents started talking to you about their expectations for you?
0: Thank you, John. Thanks for that question. Uh, for me, I remember it. I was probably really, really young, either first or second grade. And I was around career curriculum at school. And my mom was just supportive of everything. And as a as a child, I struggled with math. And I remember I was like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. And I was like, you're going to be the best astronaut. And it was just this thing of, you know, she didn't see, or perhaps she did, that I was not good at math, but she didn't point that out as a limitation. She's like, you've got to dream big. Anything you want, you can do it. Dream big. And it was always on. Buy me books on dreaming big posters that said dream big the you know the sky's the limit um the moon's the limit and everything in between and i think that as a little as a young child it just i was like okay i can do anything and everything just got to practice hard and get started um and that's my experience what about you sue
2: Oh, that's a great experience, Cynthia. I, I think um, likewise, I, so I grew up on a farm and when I think back to, you know, those first moments, um, you know, we, we had expectations that, you know, we were gonna work hard, that we were going to, you know, contribute um, to the family. And, um, and they, they my, my parents just allowed us to experience different opportunities. So they really never said no. Um, they said, you know, we, we want you to be involved in band. We want you to be involved in sports if that's what you want to do. And they, they, they were there to support us. Um, so I think, you know, just early on, um, that parental support that I had is really what showed me that it's, it's really about giving us the opportunity to see where, where do our strengths lie? What is it that we're going to be good at? And that helped set them the expectation of me then wanting to continue on and, and go to college. Neither of my parents, you know went to college. Um, neither of them played sports or um, had those type of life experiences, um, but that the the opportunity, that they just re, uh, reinforced and instilled in in all of us. There there were eight children, so e- each one of us were was just given the the different opportunities. And you know if. If I wanted to be in sports, then they supported that. I had another sister that was, you know, a cheerleader and in band, and um, so you know she did that. Um, but but each one of us, I think, early on, just had those expectations that we're going to contribute, not only to our family, we're going to contribute to the community, and that's how I think our expectations got set.
1: Sue, so when you when you think about that. How did that influence you then when Emily was born and you received the diagnosis that she had Down syndrome?
2: Yeah, so um, like any parent, you know, when you first hear uh, the, the diagnosis and, and they confirm that, yes, she does have Down syndrome, you know, you just kind of take a, a big gulp and say, oh, boy, now what? Um, but I, I guess one of the, the things that I always think about is, you um, you know, you have to deal with the hand that you're given. Um, and so, you know, this is this is the the hand that we've been dealt. And so what are we going to do? Um, we, we were fortunate in that uh, we did have uh, a son, Patrick, who were who was four years older. So um, our journey with him certainly helped set some of the expectations that I think Just naturally, we said, you know what, we're not going to try to treat her differently. We're going to try to include her, give her the opportunities, um, give her experiences, just like my parents did back when I was younger, and and see where her strengths lie. Um, And so with that, I think both Greg and I had the mindset that, um, hey, you know, She's going to go right along with us to games that Patrick's involved with. She's going to, you know, be part of the family with whatever we're doing. And it's not going to be, oh, she can't do something. It's going to be, hey, let's give it a try. Now, where we probably had to take a little bit different step was if she wasn't successful at first, you know, our patience had to be there and the timing of things. Um, but we still said, you know what, we, we we want her to accomplish, you know, the typical um, things that, that kids would do. And so we just set about saying, okay, how do we help her achieve those things? So I think, um, you know, how, how we experienced our, our own lives is really a lot in terms of what we did uh, in setting the expectations that we had for Emily.
1: That's a really good point, because it's not just setting high expectations, it's learning along the way and how do you adjust and how do you, you approach that goal. It's one of the things I love about charting the life course and how we've built Quilo Connect around charting the life course, that it isn't just setting your trajectory. And no trajectory is going to be a straight line where there's always progress towards the goal. Sometimes you're gonna take a couple of steps right. back. And so then you adjust and decide what we're going to do. And you keep coming at it. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned there was the idea about patience. And it reminds me of one of the videos within the Quilo Connect library. It's about the power of the word yet. Yeah. And when they talk about, well, I want this goal that I wanna master this skill and I've got this high goal. And Cynthia, as you were talking about, well, you want to be an astronaut, and but you're not really that great at math right then. Your mother didn't say to you, oh, you're not very good at math. You're never gonna make it. And it's, no, you may need, you're not as good as math math as you are will be in the future, or you're not good at math yet. And that becomes this idea of changes dynamic of how do we use that patience to do that? Um, One thing that I thought of a story is to share with you that my mom died when I was 11 in a car accident. And my dad was a man of few words, but he he was encouraging in his own way. But I was so fortunate when my mom died that I had a sister that was encouraging me. I had a brother that was encouraging me. I had some teachers that were encouraging me along the way that I think it's important not only to look at those high expectations that you as a parent share that helps an individual build those out, but also the expectations you get from a greater community of support by telling them you can do this and you can build this along the way. And you know, I think you that's another example of what you've done, Sue. You and Greg, you built this community support around those high expectations with Emily, and it makes a difference.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, John, I, I have to kind of always um, think about the, that, that word yet, because so often Emily will say, I can't do something, and um, I've had to rethink and rephrase, and when I learned um, the word yet, putting it at the end of the sentence, it started me down a path of saying, well, Emily, you can't do it yet, So let's now talk about how you can do it. Um, And so that's where, you know, building those little steps and finding other support, like you said, John, is so important because, you know, oftentimes hearing it from a a different person, um, a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, um, a neighbor, um, a friend, Emily would respond because they were encouraging her, and it wasn't always myself and my husband, Greg. Um, so, so having that, that support, that network, I think is also very important as you start to build expectations for any child or any individual who's wanting to achieve something because they, they even have a, a little fear of failure. And so just using that word, well, Emily, you can't do it yet, helped her kind of reframe her mindset that, oh, I just have to learn how to do it. And then it's a matter of breaking down steps and showing them how they can achieve something. So very, very powerful.
0: And so, reflecting back on the start of your journey, what would you say to a family who's starting now what was is there something that you wish you knew
2: yeah well i think i think every one of us always kind of looks back and says wow if i would have only known that back then um you know when when i think about high expectations sometimes it's um we as parents letting go of our own beliefs i remember when i we, we were actually trying to teach emily to jump okay that's a simple skill for many individuals but you know she just couldn't do it and i walked into her bedroom one night and i saw her jumping on her bed and the typical response from a parent would have been stop jumping on your bed and what i said was oh emily keep jumping on your bed <laughs> so so what i would tell parents is you know Reframe your own thinking about, you know, what you can do to help support the individual. And, you know, sometimes the way that, you know, we we may have had rules or regulations around what we should or shouldn't do, um, you, you may have to adjust that um, because the expectation in order to get there um, might look a little different than the typical process that somebody would take.
1: What a great story, Sue, and it it makes you think of a a mom and her daughter up in LaGrange County, Indiana that went through our work on charting the life course. And she describes it herself as transformational. So it's a question of not only her expectations, she always had high expectations for her daughter, but she wanted to change her daughter. She wanted to fix her daughter. So she had high expectations, but they were constantly in conflict instead of after going through some training on life course, she began thinking about strengths that her daughter had. So instead of trying to fix her and to fix her autism, she said, what are her strengths and how can we build our expectations around her strengths? Well, it turns that she loves gardening Mm -hmm. and growing things. So now they're building on that strength and interest in gardening and making it a math problem. So they're starting to study how much it costs to grow something. And now she wants to sell some of her vegetables at the farmer's market. They're using it at 14 to make this a real world math solving problem. And it took her interest. And she was so, the mom was so amazed and she said, we still have very high expectations for her, but we're now starting to listen to her about her expectations. And that's that critical age that, you know, 12, 13, 14, when your own side of you starts blossoming and what do you want to be, as opposed to what her mom wanted her to be and how she wanted to fix her. And it's just been transformational as they started tying not only her expectations, but listening to her daughter and saying, "Let's make these your expectations for a good life." And how yeah. do how do we build around that?
2: You know, John, that's that that is so important. Is that you you really um, again focus on the person and what they want, um, and that that is where life course um, does become, I think, a great tool for a parent, because as I get more involved with, you know, the life course and reading through kind of how I continue to build um, with Emily's career, because she's now doing a job, um, it's, it's so important that I continue to look at, okay, so what's her strengths? What is it that she's enjoying doing? And how do we make sure that we continue to set expectations moving forward uh, with what she wants to do? And part of that is also teaching her to be an advocate for herself so that the expectations aren't what I want, but it's what she wants.
1: It's something you said, Cynthia, just resonates so importantly here because that transformation. So your mother always told you to dream big. But she didn't tell you, dream big and do this. She lets you explore. At what point when you started talking to her about what you wanted to do, did that shift how she kept that encouragement going and how she wanted you to continue to dream big? Even when you moved from Miami to Speedway, Indiana, and your whole life shifted. (laughs) Yeah. That critical time when you're deciding what you want to do for your life.
0: You know, about that shift, I think she continued to encourage me on all the things that I was doing and perhaps that I have always been good at or had um, an interest in. One of those was reading. I loved, loved to read. Like I would get in, when Sue talked about Emily jumping on her bed, I would get in trouble reading because I would take my book and read under the cover with a flashlight. And that that's what I would get in trouble for. So then there was a rule for every toy I got or every doll I got, I had to get a book. And for me, like, I love that, right? I like was building up my library. Um, and then other skills was I always loved um, communicating with folks and talking. I would talk anyone's ears off when I was little. My mom tells a story that she used to offer to pay me so I would stop talking because <laughs> I would just keep going as she was doing the dishes. Um, and she would make something fun out of it. Like, hey, Cynthia, can you do this math problem? <laughs> can you count? Can you do, read for five minutes? Um, you know, and then we'll come back to this conversation, but then I was having tougher conversations, right? I would read the newspaper to practice my reading in English and Spanish. And then she would say, okay, so what did you learn? Let's dissect that information. Um, and then as I got older, I continue to read and, you know, converse with everyone and anyone who would want to talk to me. So she was like, oh, you know, you like that. And when I decided to go into journalism and broadcasting and developed an interest in that, she was like, Oh yeah, that seems great for you. But never like saying, Oh, you should do this or that. It was already building on the things she saw and the talents and gifts I already have. And I, you know, it's gotten me this far and I think it's great.
1: (laughs) You know, not everybody that you run into is going to be positive. So if you've, You've built high expectations, and your with your son or daughter who has a dis, has a disability, and you're going to run into people that'll say, "Well, they'll never do that." And how do you how do you build up against that? And you know how do you seek out those people, Sue, that uh, share that feeling of having high expectations and are positive about the future?
2: Yeah, I think um, you know for for us one of the key uh, th- thing was, you know, finding the resources in, in the community. Um, you know, you, you start out with with them as a baby, and part of it is your own learning that you have to go through in terms of recognizing that um, it may take longer um, than, than the typical development stages, um, and that, you know, patience, I, I just go back to that word patience, um, is seeing you know what? What are the small steps? What are the um, little outcomes that you continue to see? And then finding the individuals in your family, in your um, in your community that can help support that. I think that is critical for for being able to continue to um, help your own mindset become more positive and and finding out that you know what, there, there are families out there that it wasn't, it, it isn't easy and it doesn't go quickly, um, but we we all can share our stories together um, and that's what's gotten us through and that's what I would encourage parents to do is, is to really seek out, I think, a support system um, to really help you continue to just Recognize the little things because sometimes when you're in it day to day, you may not see the uh, the growth that has taken place. But somebody else who hasn't seen the person for a couple weeks or you know whatever, they they are they're going to see something different. And, and that's what you need to hear. Is you need to be reinforced with that um, perception and and observations from others.
1: Well, there are great almost every community has some type of support group or advocacy group of families that you can find out. And one of the great things now is through technology and the internet, you can find groups that share positive stories and share encouragement. But folks need to be thinking about it. And that becomes really, really important for folks. And it's it's part of within the the Quillo Connect model of sharing those positive stories of people seeing what others are achieving uh, learned of a story of a young man with autism now that is granted a patent a United States patent for a style of slippers that he wants to develop and manufacture that have different heads of different animals that you can put on your slippers every day just a <laughs> clever idea that somebody yes. can think about and so you know the idea of uh, people telling their own story of what they they want in their life and what are their, their high expectations. I think of so many times the team meetings I've sat through where there's this long discussion about budgets and goals and objectives, and then they turn to the person with a disability and say, Cynthia, what is it you'd really like to, what is your goal for your life? Well, after 30 minutes of being kind of bored out of your head, you would just want to get out of the meeting instead of turning that around and how do we talk about your dreams at the start of this, of what you wanna do? There's a great story also coming out of our project in LaGrange. (laughs) Young man has been in a workshop his whole life. And when asked what he really wanted to do, he wanted to start a blog about sports. He loves going to high school sports. And he said, nobody writes about high school sports and how hard these kids are working and what they're achieving, whether they win or lose. He now has started a blog and with, friend of a friend of a friend, he got to interview one of the coaches for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, how many people in their first weeks of starting a blog get to interview a professional football coach? So, you know, the idea of how do you encourage this? And his goal is he's gonna start selling ads on his blog and make a living doing a blog about high school sports in his little county of 30,000 people. And I don't doubt that he's gonna make that goal of figuring out what you can do. With Quillawip, the ability of people can record their own, in the moment they're ready, record their own video about what is it they, they expect in their life? What do they want for their dreams? And to remind people to keep coming back to that. I think that becomes a really powerful tool when we get in some of these seemingly endless meetings and we're not always talking about what their goals are. We're talking about what the system wants and has to require for them.
0: Yeah, and John. I wanted to ask a last question to Sue. What goals does Emily have from her own, from herself? Right, her own expectations, and how does Quilla Connect serve as a tool?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, and I, I just have to say that you know one of the the first ways that we really learned that you know what what were emily's dreams what were some of her goals was when she came home with a picture collage of things that that she really liked and i remember seeing some of the pictures on there that you know showed um going to a concert okay it was a it was a boy band and i realized then oh my gosh we've never done that with her um and so uh that that collage is kind of what you Know, drew our attention to, to the things she likes, but now we do use um Quillo Connect in a way to really help her continue to um help express the, the dreams. So, you know, very fortunate that Emily um, is able to create her own videos, um, and so she will use um, the video platform on Quillo Connect to share, um, you know, what what she's doing. Um, So for instance, coming up here, she'll be going to um, Special Olympics Summer Games. And so you know, she has this expectation of coming in first, that's a dream that you know, I'm going to win. And so we shot a video just the other day about well, Emily, let's, let's shoot a video about the Summer Games. And so she was on the video talking about how she's going to swim and um, and win a medal at the at the Summer Games. So that's kind of how I use the video format in Quillow Connect to have her help continue to express or, um, you know, talk through what what her dreams are. Um, So that's that's a little bit about how I've used Quillow Connect.
1: What a powerful way to then remind her again what what her goals are and what she said that was important. And that becomes a great way of measuring progress. And Sue, thanks again for sharing your journey with this and Cynthia, you as well. Because it's this idea of we're not alone. We're all in this together and building those high expectations. There's somebody we're going to run into today that our word of encouragement, our word of support, we may not know them, they may not be as close in our family, we may not know them as in-depthly as we do our family members, but it might be that simple word of encouragement and a smile. And I can't forget to mention, this is our summer of smiles, that that smile and encouragement may come at a critical moment when somebody really needed to hear it. And so we all have that power to help somebody along the way with their own high expectations. Absolutely. Thank you for spending some time with us today as we explore the power of positive expectations, setting those high expectations. I loved hearing the stories from Cynthia Maz, our Director of Digital Community, and Sue Gordon, who is our Chief Operating Officer, but also the parent of Emily and Patrick high expectations. We'd love to hear your stories and thoughts. Send us an email at coolopodatmycoolo.com. Thanks again for spending time with us today and sharing a part of this day with us.